you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. First rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. I am Iron Man. Why so serious? Welcome back to DMR. Thank you for tuning back in. Much obliged. How you? Hope you are well. I am waking up today with the very sad news of the passing of American actor Ray LaToya. 67 years young. This is a massive, massive loss for the film and entertainment industry. The guy was in a hell of a lot of movies. I'm just having a look at them now. We've got obviously the most famous movie that he was in would be Goodfellas. He played a character called Henry in the up-and-coming Mobstar in the 60s, I think it was. And you've got other movies like B-Movie, Blow, Wild Hogs. I actually watched him in Hannibal a couple of days ago. It might have been two days ago. And it's just another one for 2022 that they have taken from us, unfortunately. Massive talent, big news in the entertainment industry. Let's play that old famous clip, the one that he was very famous for in Goodfellas. It's the scene that him and Joe Pesci are in in the restaurant where Joe Pesci is telling a joke and then Henry, or Ray the toy's character, basically says you're a funny guy and Joe Pesci's character plays a trick on him and takes it serious and it's about to get out of hand. It's very funny. So let's give it a bit of a listen in tribute to Ray LaToya. He's a big boy. He knows what he said. What'd you say? You're right. Funny how? Just, what? Just, you know, you're, you're funny. <laughs> you mean, so? well, let me understand this, because I don't you know. Maybe it's me. I'm a little fucked up, maybe. But I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? I'm not just... You know how you tell a story? What? No, no, I don't know. You said it. How do I know? You said I'm funny. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Get the fuck out of here to Tommy. You <laughs> motherfucker. I almost had him. I almost had him. Yeah, stuttering prick yet. Very funny scene there and awesome movie as well. So... Rest in peace, Ray. Thank you for the laughs and thank you for the entertainment as well. So, DMR Podcast. It is on its way to 10,000 downloads in just over three months. Just awesome. Just incredible. I really love all the feedback, the subscribes, the reviews, all that jazz. Just about to click over 9,000 now and should hit the 10K mark by the weekend so really do appreciate all the feedback and the subscribes and reviews as well much obliged so hope you like my top 10 time travel movie list that i put out recently so a lot of feedback i've been getting from it is people really did like it again with those top 10 movie lists, they are just my opinion. They're not right in your aspect. Your film or your list would not be right in my aspect. Or they could be right in your aspect and they could be right in mine. So it's just my opinion. So 
Hope you did like that. I had a lot of fun making that list as well. I'm just sick of having blood on my hands, Wendy. It doesn't bother you. You're so desperate to be the good guy. She's lost her whole family because she met us. Why do you choose everyone else over your family? Don't back out on me when we're almost done. Don't do that to me. Bobby dies. Everything that we work for just falls apart. Welcome to my fucking world. So, Ozark. I have finished it recently. i got to say, look, I'm not going to go into too many spoilers about the finale for Ozark. I really did love this show. This show was awesome. And I've mentioned this before about where is the right season, number of seasons, to basically call it quits on a really good show. So this was the fourth season for Ozark. And some of the scenes in the episodes are just awesome. On the edge of your seat stuffs. I did see a funny meme the other day saying it's the most boring on the edge of your seat show that's been in existence. It's kind of a good way to sum it up. It can be quite of a slow burn in parts of it, but when it does ramp up with the whole money laundering scheme for the Mexican cartel. It's just an awesome story how an accountant being Marty Bird, Marty Bird, somehow got caught up with a sleazy partner who got involved with the Mexican cartel. He dies, so they basically say to him, well, you're going to have to start laundering money for us now. Gets his whole family roped into it. It's an absolute mess. But as the seasons roll on, the birds really do evolve into very intelligent money laundering business people. And sometimes they even can get the cartel mixed up in the wrong set of circumstances just with their dialogue. It's pretty cool. It's pretty interesting to see the whole family evolve over those seasons. But... As I mentioned, with this particular season finale, yeah, it kind of wraps up, but it is pretty much a lackluster ending. It wasn't an ending where it just ends and you go, okay, yep, I'm satisfied with that. It can definitely roll on to another season if they wanted to, but with these producers and directors of these shows, they really don't know how to wrap up these awesome shows. Probably the only one that managed to do it in recent years was probably Breaking Bad. I really did like how that all wrapped up. I don't think you're going to beat that show. Breaking Bad and The Sopranos, you're not going to beat them, I don't think. Well, it's going to be a long time until something else comes along with those particular setup in the criminal underworld where you're going to have something that's going to knock those off the pedestal. But... They really don't know how to end these shows and wrap up these awesome characters. So, by all means, watch it. See what you think of it. But I just felt it was quite flat and it needed to ramp up to the level it did in some of the other episodes where you've got blood and guts and all that happening. So, yes, that's my thoughts around Ozark. 
I also finished recently a, another documentary on Netflix called Meltdown at Three Mile Island. So this is basically the US of A's version of Chernobyl. This was an absolute mess of a story. Basically you had a nuclear power plant with a similar storyline where people are pushing boundaries in terms of the nuclear reactor. It almost went into a meltdown. It affected a lot of the area. There are scenes within the documentary where you've got a river system where I'm pretty sure you have to have a nuclear power plant that's close to a water source because you've got to cool the reactor down. And you've got fish that are dead in this particular river. You've got all these local residents basically throwing up their arms saying, what the hell is going on? It happened in 1978. The bill to clean up this particular nuclear mess was almost a billion dollars and it took them 12 or 13 years to basically clean up this mess at Three Mile Island. It wasn't anywhere near as bad as Chernobyl, but apparently, apparently when you watch the documentary, they were about 30 minutes from having their own Chernobyl, which could have taken out a hell of a lot of the east coast of the USA. Just an absolute mess. And you can see throughout the press conferences the grubby corporations that are in charge of the power plant. They're trying to cover it up and people aren't having a bar of it. It's an interesting watch. I didn't really know too much about it. I knew a little bit about it. I heard of a story about it a few years ago but this is a pretty in-depth documentary it can be a bit of a slow burn so just keep that in mind but it's pretty interesting to see how close the usa came to a massive nuclear meltdown which would have been on the same scale as chernobyl so check that one out if you haven't seen it and the johnny depp amber her trial continues to spiral in front of our very eyes she is just a horrid person you can just tell like when she's up on the stand tiktok are absolutely smashing her when it comes to her credibility when she's crying up on the stand she's not even crying there's no tears it's all just a facade it's all just an act and you know what it's actually not really good acting you've ran this guy's career absolutely through the dirt disney have cancelled him being the iconic Jack Sparrow. Again, my thoughts around Jack Sparrow is that the Pirates of Caribbean are done and dusted. Their movies are quite flat these days. I don't bother watching them. I think the last one was with Javier Bardem being in it, but he's a good actor and I do like his acting abilities as a villain more so. But I just think that whole scenario with her up on the stand trying to justify what it was like being with Depp. You can tell she's absolutely full of crap. Some of the witnesses as well, there's a doctor that makes a very weird thing happening with his mouth up on the stand and people are just looking at this guy going, what the hell, where the hell does this guy come from? Who is this guy? Like, it's just a circus, seriously. But what is interesting is that people basically signed a petition to get her out of being in Aquaman 2 and the petition reached over 3 million signatures. Imagine that. Imagine being an actress 
and you're up on the stand trying to defend yourself or put allegations against Johnny Depp. And in the background, you've got all these people that are signing a petition to basically have you out of a movie because you're an absolute liar. And good news is that she has lost her gig in Aquaman. So bye-bye. Okay, don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. Bye-bye. So it's good that vengeance and justice is taking place for that horrible woman. So bye, Amber. Take care. So I've also started watching a show on Amazon Prime called Out of Range. Out of Range, is that how you say it? With Josh Brolin. This is a 2022 show and it's kind of got a no country for old men, 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 or no country for old men feel about it. Set in Texas, I'm assuming, because they're all cowboy looking people. And they walk around the big hats and all that. And it's a family feud between two ranch owners side by side initially. And Josh Brolin has his family there. He's also got two sons, his wife and a granddaughter. One of the sons' wife goes missing a year earlier. So he's got to deal with that. But then he finds something very odd on his ranch out in the pastures which is a massive, massive hole. It's a huge hole, kind of smoke or mist that kind of sits at the top of it. It's quite alien-like. Again, I'm only about three episodes into it, but it's intriguing. It's got my interest. And there are a few other characters in the show that are very intriguing, especially the adjoining ranch owner's sons. They're just assholes. And I like how intimidating they are with this particular family. There's a feud between 600-odd acres that was basically wrongly distributed to Josh Brolin's family back in the 1800s. So you've got these two families going at it, but all the while Josh has got to deal with this alien-like ring or hole that's in the middle of the ground out in the pastures. So... It's pretty cool to watch, so check it out. Again, I'm only about three episodes in, but it's definitely worth a watch. Why can't you just be a good boy and die? You first. You second. Up! Situation analysis, hopeless. You have no backup, no escape route. And I have the only bargaining chip. Where is she? <laughs> ah, yes. Your fatal weakness. Put them off. Bring her in. Lovely girl. Tastes like... like strawberries. I wouldn't know. I would. So, back where we started, James. Your friend or the mission. Drop the gun and let her live. And I recently watched the old school film called Golden Eye with Pierce Brosnan 
playing 007 James Bond. This is definitely one of my favorite James Bond movies. This one and Skyfall. And when I was watching GoldenEye the other night, I forgot how goddamn good the movie is. I hadn't seen it in many, many years. But just the tank scene in Russia where he's driving around in the tank. Jesus, absolutely unbelievable scene. Like the damage he creates in that particular scene. He's just ruthless. Then he basically ends up on the train tracks shooting a oncoming army-style Russian black-looking tank or tank train or some type of thing like that. Just an awesome film. So that and Skyfall, it kind of dawned on me why I'd like both of those James Bond movies compared to the rest of them. And I came to the conclusion that both of the villains in it, in Skyfall, you've got Javier Bardem playing Raul Silva, and in Goldeneye, you've got Sean Bean, who's playing 006. Both of the villains are disgruntled MI6 X agents, and both of them have been disfigured in terms of them serving the Majesty's Secret Service. So you've got Raul, who basically, he's trapped in a prison at one point in Skyfall. He takes out a set of dentures, which is actually holding up most of his face. And when he takes them out, his face sinks, and it looks like a bad day on Halloween for this particular character. It's all sunk and he starts laughing. He's got an absolute hatred for Judy Dench's character. And, and the whole movie in Skyfall is him basically having his revenge on MI6 and hunting down M with Daniel Craig or James Bond basically having to do his best to save M and also delves back into his past as well. So I think the two films, especially with 006 and Sean Bean playing that, he also has a hell of a lot of scars on the side of his face, which he basically cops in the opening scene of Goldeneye where a plant blows up because he says to James Bond that you set the timer for basically three minutes as opposed to six and it looks like he gets shot but he's basically double crossing him the whole time so that's why i really like these two films is because you've got two disgruntled mi6 agents both really pissed off with the world they've put their whole life on the line to serve queen and country and they basically just leave them for dead and that's the whole plot of it as opposed to some evil villain who basically sits there with a cat in his lap you know twirling his moustache so to speak i've always said that the film spectre with christoph waltz being the main character for those two films which is spectre and no time to die i felt they wasted him he's such an awesome awesome actor they could have done so much more with that particular character, but it just felt like it fell by the wayside. So, not the best play for him in those particular films, but watching Skyfall, I really did enjoy that movie. I saw Skyfall earlier this year. I haven't seen all of the old school ones with Sean Connery. Rest in peace, but I feel that these are my two favorite Bond movies for sure.
So we've got Stranger Things Season 4 that is about to hit the airways. Really do love this show, an 80s style horror show. If you haven't caught it on Netflix, you've got a couple of kids, I think there's four of them. Basically you see them grow up over the three seasons that have aired thus far, but it's basically set in a out of town Sticksville, somewhere in the US, where basically there is a parallel universe that the government or a government body have basically tapped into, trying to control it as they always do. And then you've got a whole heap of parallel universe monsters that spawn out of this particular world and wreak havoc in the country town. You've got Millie Bobby Brown's character who has telekinetic powers. She basically came out of the same lab and then comes friends with the three main kids. So hopefully it won't overstay its welcome in terms of going for too many seasons. A great example of that would be the walking dead i really did love that show when it was first airing especially up to about season six seven i think it was the one with negan that was just heavy hitting tv excuse the pun in relation to the bat i think his name was cecilia memory serves but now it's up to like season 11 they were just running around the bush the whole time doing the same old thing when Rick bowed out and then put Negan in prison, it just overstayed its welcome that really should have ended probably around season eight. So again, hopefully they don't overstay their welcome in terms of this particular show because it is a pretty good scenario, a pretty good idea for a show. I did see an interview with Millie Bobby Brown recently. She looks 30. Like, how did that happen? Like, she was a kid a few years ago. Now she looks like a 30-year-old. So interesting to see what hollywood does to people so hopefully the next season will be a cracker they're coming stay hidden or we will not survive Leave us alone. When the time comes, he must be trained. Like you trained his father. You still want Kenobi. He's gone. Maybe you've been looking in the wrong places. I want every lowlife and bounty hunter to squeeze him. And finishing off, we've got the premiere of Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+. Plus. Now, I haven't got Disney+, Plus as of yet, but I think I'm going to have to sign up for this. I really need to see what the hell happened after the events of Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith is probably my favorite Star Wars movie alongside Return of the Jedi. And I really just loved how Revenge of the Sith ended. Such a tragic 
film where you've got Anakin Skywalker. It's like watching a car accident in slow motion that you want to stop, but you can't control. And it all just ends with the Jedi being basically pushed into the outer realms of the universe. Those that are remaining alive, most of them are killed. They are outlawed. They are basically banished. And you've got Obi-Wan. I think this is going to take place 10 years after the events of Revenge of the Sith. You can see in the trailer he is keeping a watchful eye on Luke. He was probably the same age as Anakin when they first met with the pod racing scenario in The Phantom Menace, but I'm really looking forward to this show. Hopefully it won't stuff up in terms of a plot, but the trailers really do have you intrigued. And what I like about the trailers is you don't see Darth Vader in it. All you see is him basically getting ready with his gear. You don't see his face. You can hear him breathing. So they have kept you quite intrigued in that respect. So thank you for tuning in to DMR. Again, thank you for all the support. We are about to hit 10,000 downloads. So much obliged. And I will catch you on the Menge. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. First rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. I am Iron Man. Why so serious?